The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you, first and foremost, for being an intentional spirit. As we know, there's a big difference between people who have intentions. We can liken that to New Year's resolutions, for example. People have great intentions all the time. But it's an intentional person that will stand by those intentions, willing to do the work, uh, willing to get the tools, uh, willing to go deeper inside themselves, that that part of the intention becomes a reality. Um, Intentional people are willing to go the course, uh, walk the principles, live the truth um, in the midst of any circumstances or exterior happenstance going on around them. And I love to feature intentional spirits. And I'm honored today to have as my guest, Reverend Dr. John Mundy. He is an author, a lecturer. I would call him a trailblazer. Of our times, and he is also the publisher of Miracles Magazine. John, welcome to our show today. Thanks, Temple. Nice being with you. <clears throat> well, tell us a little bit about about your story. How did you get started in this work? Uh, what happened or what didn't happen uh, that guided you to the place of, of your life work and where we find you today? Well... <clears throat> Briefly, if I go back far enough, when I was nine years old, I told my folks I was going to be a minister. And when I was 18, I got a job as a minister, believe it or not, when I was working in uh, college. And there was a small country church, three of them actually, and they uh, said they didn't hire college students, but they would hire me. And so I've literally been working at this for 55 years. Would you believe that? Wow. And, and that's how you started. They had never done that before, but they just picked you, right? Well, I was enrolled in what was called a pre-ministerial program, mm-hmm. and rural Missouri churches couldn't afford to you know, pay regular ministers. They would either hire a retired minister or they would get a, a pre-ministerial student. They only gave this jobs to junior and seniors, but when I was a freshman, I persuaded one of the junior students to let me go speak for him one Sunday at his church, and I did, and then I won't explain the circumstances around this, but anyhow, he got fired very shortly thereafter, and I went and asked for his job, and they said, well, we don't give this job to freshmen. I said, but I've been there, and they they like me, and he says, well, I need somebody for Christmas, so you can go, and I'll find somebody else, but they never did find anybody else. I just kept doing it. (laughs) Uh, What we call a divine appointment, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that, but I kind of always knew. I mean, we, we, we always know. I think the people that that follow this kind of a path, like the path that you're following, there's something inside them from a very early point that says you've got to figure out, what, first of all, just why are we here? You know, what are we doing here? How do we get here? How do we get into these bodies? It's not just about earning money and raising a family and doing stuff in the world. There must be something more than that. That's what every mystic sort of begins the exploration and finally realizes that you got to go within. There's a lot of books to read and all that stuff and too, but 
The answer is inside us if we start digging, and there's a lot of digging to be done, as you know. So that's just the beginning, a long, long time ago. And then, so I also started teaching um, in 1967 at the New School University in New York City, courses in esoteric and mystical philosophies while I was working on a doctorate there. And I just kept doing that, and then I found the Course in Miracles, or it found me. In uh, 1973, I met Dr. Helen Shookman, who was the, the author, the scribe, rather, of The Course in Miracles. She actually came to a lecture, she and Bill Thetford, to a lecture I was doing on mysticism. And that was uh, two years before she formally set me down and explained to me about the course and gave me a manuscript copy, and we started working with manuscript copies in in 1973, and it's just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper as time goes by. It became clear pretty soon that this is a phenomenal document, and the answer is here, if we're willing to do what you were just saying, what you were just saying about intention, the Course in Miracles would use a different word. It would use willingness. You know, do we really have the willingness to do what God's asking us to do, or do we want to pretend that it's our own plan? We're going to follow the, the ego's methodology instead of spirit's methodology, which never works. You know, it just always gets us into trouble. Eventually, that always crashes and burns for us. And then, <clears throat> then when it does crash and burn, we have waking experiences. It doesn't have to crash and burn. Sometimes people just start waking up for... I'll give you a quick example. I teach a course on mysticism at the Open Center in New York City. And the last time I taught a course last fall, uh, there was a really handsome guy in the, in the class. I could see he was paying a lot of attention. On the last class, he came up to me and he said, could we talk? And I said, sure. And we made an appointment. He came up, drove up to, I live in the country, a little north of the city. And he said, you know, I've got it all. He was driving a Mercedes, right? He said, I love my wife. I love my work. I love my kids. I've got a beautiful home. Something's missing. <laughs> That's another extreme. So either you crash and burn, or on the other hand, you got it all, but then you realize that that's not the answer. So the the deeper search begins. And, of course, in my opinion, there's nothing like A Course in Miracles to be the guide. There's The Course says of itself, it's, there are many thousands of different pathways back to God again. This is just one way. But it's one way that's incredibly sophisticated, and it's one way that, that really works for the people that, again, use your original word, have intentionality about it. They're willing to actually do what it's asking us to do. So that's just a little bit, a little bit of the beginning. Then you ask about the magazine. I started the magazine in. It's interesting how I started the magazine. It was sort of an accident as well. In 1985, a member of my church was moving, and he came to me and he said, "You know, I know you write out your sermons. I would always write them out in detail, even though I would never read one. But you know, I would have it all written out." And he said. Would you do me a favor when you get it done after the service? Uh, make a copy, put an envelope, put a stamp on it, and mail it to me. And so I agreed that I would. And then it occurred, well, I could send one to my mom and one to my sister, and et cetera. And then if anybody else wanted one, they'd have to pay for it, just like this guy was doing. And slowly, 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 that little kind of newsletter thing turned into a regular little magazine that was 30 over 30 years ago that we start, I started doing that. So that's the magazine. Well, the other thing I, I noticed is, you know, there's a lot of conversation going on now. It's become a, a common word called interfaith. Right. And, and when I was at the Parliament of the World Religions, I think you're aware that New Thought is now official. We are officially part of the Parliament of the World Religions as a legitimate religion called New Thought. But they were doing a lot of work there with interfaith. Right. And when in 1981, when you co-founded that, I mean, wasn't that kind of a an odd word at that time? Well, actually, 
<clears throat> I co-founded with uh, Rabbi Galberman. And uh, we started in 1977 in New York City, and the original word was a New Light Temple. And we would have these meetings where we invite different clergy from all the different faiths. I remember once sitting on the podium and the, the Dias looking around, and there was Swami Satchitananda, Brother Stendhal, uh, David Stendhal Ross, Piravalaya Khan, a priest, the rabbi government, and myself. And it was on the 800th birthday of St. Francis of Assisi. And it was like this perfect, perfect time. I think the, the time has really come for us to recognize this. Somebody once said, God is too big to fit inside one box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And one of the things I love about, about unity is that unity is really very interfaith and perspective, too. By that, I mean... You're very open. You're very willing to to look around and read a Buddhist scripture on a Sunday morning, as well as a Christian scripture. Although the central core is Christian, you're not uh, pushing other people out in the side, it's, and that's really, really. It has to be this way. This is definitely the wave of the future. As you know, mainline Protestant churches are dying very, very rapidly. I mean, very rapidly. And the, just to give you one idea, the, the Methodist Church. Uh, of which I was a minister for 28 years. When I started, that was... In 1965, there were about 12 million Methodists in the United States. Now there's about 7 million Methodists wow. in the past That's 50 good. years, right? And think of how much the population has grown during the past 50 years. And people are just really tired of rules and laws and dogmas and creeds and the same old, same old. And they realize that there must be more to it than that. So they you know, they want to dig deeper. And something like A Course in Miracles, again, is something that really enables us to dig deeper because it's, it's, a, it's a psychology. It's no accident that Helen Shookman, the scribe for the Course, was part of the Department of Psychology at Columbia University in New York City at the time that she begins to receive it. I once said to Dr. Ken Wapnick, who was without doubt the leading spokesman for A Course in Miracles. Why do you think we got the course now? Why did it come to us during the latter quarter of the 20th century? He said he didn't know for sure, but there was one thing he knew for sure, and that is that it couldn't have happened until after Freud. Because it wasn't until Freud that we had a really clear ego psychology. So Freud understood the ego really well. He explained to us how it works and all the ego defense mechanisms we use and stuff like that. The problem with Freud was that he was an atheist. And being an atheist, he wasn't open to this idea of, of being able to get guidance from spirit. He didn't, he didn't see an exit. He just thought we were damned with this thing called an ego, and there was no way to get free with it. Well, every mystical religious tradition there is in the world says, no, it's possible to find freedom from this thing that we call an ego, because the ego is a, a trap. You know, it's the thing that keeps us locked into ourselves and locked into our our identity as bodies only. I mean, we can't seem to be able to see beyond the the body. The, the line of the Course in Miracles was that the body is the ego's chosen home. So on that level, that's who we think that we really are. And that's very frustrating, actually, to think that that's who we really are because it's such a a limitation in form. I have a new book which just came out this past May, called Eternal Life and A Course in Miracles. And the Course says, life, that's an interesting word. You know the part of the Bible where it talks about straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leads into, you know what it leads into? Life. And then broad is the way and wide is the path, which leads into destruction. The ego is always going to fail. It's always going to collapse. The guy who uh, was regarded as the world's leaving, leading authority on, all this, on Hitler wrote two books about Hitler. The first one was titled Hubris. The second one was titled Nemesis. So our hubris always leads to our nemesis. It always leads to the that pride cometh before the fall, right? So that's the end of the thing. But the Course is trying to help us to see that, it, no, it's possible to hear the voice for God, 
every day in our lives if we just pay attention. It's always there. It's never a time that it's not there. We're doing a radio thing here, and a thing I like to talk about is, you know, what, what we have our tuner set on. Do we have our tuner set on, on W-E-G-O, or do we have it set on W-G-O-D? And it's so easy that they're, they're kind of stuck on W-E-G-O, and E-G- W-E-G-O is all staticky and noisy and a, a lot of commercials and a lot of strange stuff that's going on, you know, but WGOD is really very peaceful and calm and gentle. And when we pay attention to it and when we listen to it and when we do what it's suggesting with it, we do, our relationships work out, we have peace in our minds and peace in our hearts, and, and we also feel like we're creatively doing what we're, we're called to do in the world. And what we're all called to do one thing, by the way, and that's to, to wake up, <laughs> to, to remember to remember the truth of who we are. Well, you've done um, so much work, John, around the word miracle. You have um, Miracles Magazine. That's mm-hmm. your website, miraclesmagazine.org. Right. How, do you define, how do you define a miracle? Well, a miracle, the way the Course finds a miracle, is that it's a change of mind. It's a, a new way of seeing. It's, it's a whole New way of saying spell holy with a W or with an H. It's it's really the course talks a lot, for example, about what it calls a holy instant. Holy instants that are available for anyone at any time is kind of like a mini mystical experience mm-hmm. where you just kind of see, you kind of get through it. And for example, one of the things that you may see is that that actually everything's okay, that we're all all right, that that heaven is our home and our destiny, and if we want to just practice some of these principles, we'll find our foot is on the path, we're going in the right direction, and we are headed home. But it, but you got to do the work. I mean, the course consists of 365 lessons, one a day for at least a year. And by that least a year, I mean lots of folks who, who complete the workbook after all, they'll go back and they'll do it again because when you do it again, it just takes you deeper and deeper. It's like reading the Course itself. I still read the Course after 40-some years of reading it, and I'll come across a line and I'll go, oh, my God. I mean, I write, wow, in the morning. It's like I probably read that many, many times before, but I didn't hear it or I didn't see it till then. Like I recently read the line that said, no one attacks without intending to hurt. I thought, whoa, really we intend to hurt? We intend to throw these little arrows out at each other all the time? Is that what we really want to be? Is that the loving thing to do? So, in course terms, attack is never justified. Anger is never justified. Not sometimes. It's never justified. doesn't mean if it happens, it happens. But then we just really kind of need to look at it and recognize that something went wrong inside our psychic system somewhere to enable us to see that the world that way. So, you know, if we don't see that Jesus, we can't imagine Jesus being like that. And as far as his throwing the money changers out of the temple thing, I don't know. I don't think there's that doesn't appear in all the Gospels. And if that happened at all, I think it happened in a, in a non-attacking way, just kind of like my walking into my backyard and finding deer eating my flowers and saying, shoo, <laughs> deer and my flowers don't go together. <laughs> you know, go someplace else. It didn't have to be done with anger. So, Yeah, I love that the concept of it's a, a new way of seeing because I'd like to remind people that often when they think of miracles, they think of the fun part, miracles. You know, they got the rays and they didn't even know it was being considered or the love of their life walks in the door or they wanted to go camping with the kids and it was pouring down rain and all of a sudden for no un, you know predictable reason the sun comes out those mm-hmm. kind of things but i like to um often work with people when we're talking about shape shifting or being able to see from a different perspective that for us to have the same results often with an issue day after day is somewhat of a miracle. 
Um, and I think once they can make that assessment, they're able to have somewhat of a paradigm shift, you know, to open them up to something greater. Uh, some of the greatest miracles in my life started out as tremendous inconveniences as well. Mm-hmm. Once the car wouldn't start, um, or I took a wrong turn on the highway. Uh, mm-hmm. But had I had I left when I was supposed to, had I not taken uh, that wrong turn on the highway, I would have been in a major twenty-five car pileup. Um, that got my attention early or early on um, in my early days of driving. It's like, wow, look what a miracle that was! Because had I had things happen the way I thought, um, you're saying the EGO, um, in the time it was supposed to happen, I probably wouldn't be here today. Right. And even when things happen that are looking like tragedies in our lives, let's say you're going through a divorce, and that's a really unhappy, unpleasant situation. And yet, when you get far enough removed from the thing, you get down the road, you realize, boy, that's exactly what was supposed to happen, you know, because that wasn't, we weren't supposed to be together. Life opens up in a wholly different way once we get through, through some of these blocks that the ego makes choices. And, you know, my favorite analogy is like uh, GPS. You know, it's, I, I think GPS is a wonderful illustration. You you take that little black box, you put your intended destination into it at the speed of light, not sound light. That thing makes contact with four silver and gold angelic beings flying around this planet. <laughs> 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 it's interesting. You know the, where, the, where the word satellite comes from? It comes from the Greek, uh, and it means heavenly messenger. <laughs> so we have technologically figured out to, how to create these uh, heavenly messengers, which then communicate with each other at the speed of light, and they send back to us exactly the information that we need to have in order to get wherever it is that we intend to go. If you're in Anchorage, Alaska, and you want to go to Miami, well, you punch in the air and nation, and instantly you got your answer. Well, that's kind of the way the course works. The answer is always there, and we're always being given the exact direction, told what to do, but the ego likes to jump in and go, well, let's see. Well, that guy over there, he he's kind of interesting. I think I'll, I'll, I'll chase after him for a while. And then you go <laughs> recalculating, recalculating, because it didn't work. The ego stuff never, never works. But then you get back into guidance again, and you get back to following what you really want to do. A lot of people tell me that they I come to the course as a result of something else not working out in, in life, and they realize that they that they need to be following a spiritual path, and here's one way to do it. You, you encountered that, I'm sure, with your um, people who come to your services. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So tell me again, um, because that was so profound, and it somewhat went over perhaps some... Um, listeners had because that was like quick you landed that plane and you didn't tell us um, the Greek definition of satellite is what heavenly messenger oh my gosh that is so powerful <laughs> <laughs> I love that I absolutely love that heavenly yeah. messenger I'm making a note of that and putting that in my phone because that's a uh, well, that a preach. <laughs> well, it's an angel, actually. That's what an angel is. An angel is a heavenly messenger. We've created yes. kind of these artificial things, but if we can create artificial things, think what God can create that's not artificial. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And I love that you like the word uh, GPS because I use that in my book, How to Speak Unity, talking about uh, the God-personalized system. I've always loved that that word. It's pretty cool. You said God's personalized system. The Course in Miracles actually says uh, God's plan for salvation. Oh. That's also also GPS. Yes, very much so. If you just follow God's plan for salvation, you'll get where you need to go. You'll, you'll, You'll feel satisfied. You'll feel like you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing. And you do know what it is. You know, 
Plato, 2,500 years ago, said that his philosophy was really about recollection. By that, remembering the soul nature that's inside every one of us. That's what we're really called to do, is remember that there is a soul nature that's there, and we don't have to be listening to this insane ego, which is trying to run the ship, right? Mm-hmm. So we can listen. If we can just listen to our soul nature, we begin to wake up. The Course says the same thing, except it doesn't use the word recollection so much as it uses the word remembrance, or a word that I really, really like a lot more than that, which really works, is what our job is one of recognizing. We're talking about seeing, right? Well, recognizing. You bring back into the mind, but the mind already knows. We all already know this. We, In fact, in course terms, we're all already home. But we're dreaming that we're not. We're, we're all like prodigal sons and daughters who have gone off and attempted to create our own worlds. And someday we'll go back home again. <laughs> we get to the bottom of the pit eating corn with the pigs and we realize that <clears throat> we can go home. It's interesting that the prodigal son story, it's when the son comes home, it's not what the father says that's interesting, what the father doesn't say. The father doesn't say, <clears throat> the guy comes home and he says, I've sinned against you and before heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father doesn't even respond to that. All he says is, get a gold ring and put it on his finger, get some sandals, put them on his feet, get a cloak and put it on him, kill the fatted calf, call the musicians, we're going to have a party. Because my son was lost, he's been found, he was dead, and he's come back to life again. What the Course is about, what unity is about, what true spirituality is about, is about coming back to life again. To really being who who we're meant to be. Not as egos, not as bodies, not as power hungry searchers or money hungry searchers, but just honest people who are engaged in really the most important thing we can engage in is just a a deep loving response to this world and a deep loving response to every other human being that we encounter in the course of our lives. The course places a tremendous emphasis upon sharing. It says one of the definitions for God, just just a phrase you can understand is God. It says divine abstraction takes joy in sharing. And that is our greatest joy, if you think about it. It's really a sharing. And it's not just sharing, but it's it's giving in such a way that you know that you're being helpful or you know that you're doing something that's healing with regard to another soul, which is what really brings us together. Of course, as you cannot, you, know, we, you cannot enter in heaven on your own. We, we come in together. So... I tell you, I could just sit around and, and get uh, uh, Twitter comments for you from you because you just uh, <laughs> you just say so many uh, ideas of uh, immense wisdom. Uh, we're talking with Reverend Dr. John Mundy today on the Intentional Spirit Show. I'm so glad you're with us. Um, take the time during our break to go to MiracleMagazine.org. It's not plural, right, John? It's miraclemagazine.org. Miracles, it is plural. Miracles magazine. With you it would have to be. Miraclesmagazine.org and look at the various things that John is doing, uh, his various speaking engagements. He travels all over the world. And we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you so much for being with us. And most importantly, thank you for tuning in. We're now live on Facebook, and we love hearing your comments. If you have, if you have a question you would like for me to ask John, please feel free to do so. And we'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio. 
888-222-72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. We're talking to Reverend Dr. John Mundy. He has been a leading expert in the Course in Miracles for most of his life. He's an advocate for the Course in Miracles and all the various teachings. And he has several books out. One is a bestseller, and the newest one is a bestseller in the making. Um, John, what is the name of the best-selling book that you have? Well, the bestseller is called Living a Course in Miracles. It's published by Sterling Ethos of uh, New York City, which is a division of Barnes and Nobles. I wrote it back in 2011, 2012, when they came to me and they asked me if I would do kind of a a simple book about the Course in Miracles. I mean, one that would be kind of a an introduction to the Course in Miracles. And the title we came up with was Living the Course in Miracles. And to my wonderful surprise, it's just one of these things that took off. And the next thing I knew, it was in Spanish, and then it was in now it's in eight languages, which is just wonderful. It's also on audio, in uh, addition to in print format. Um, it's just fun to to see this kind of thing happening. I, my greatest joy is uh, either sitting down and writing about this, or talking about one of the two. I mean, I, we're very lucky people, Temple. I guess you know that. And that we get to do work that we fully think is uh, on course, literally, <laughs> in another way as well. We are. We are. So what was the uh, intention of the book and what are a couple of ways and, you know, people giving you comments about how their lives have changed because <clears throat> of it? Well, the main thing about the course, you know, the, the, the center of the course, so to speak, Although we could point to a lot of things and say the course is all about, in fact, it's in the second book I have after that that's called Lesson 101, Perfect Happiness. I have a section where I say the Course in Miracles is all about, and then I'll answer that. And then I'll say the phrase again it's all about, but I'll have a different topic, and and I'll answer that. And all of them are true. But certainly one of the main things the course is about, it's about forgiveness. And forgiveness is really just very simple in the sense that it's just a matter of letting go. It, it's it's a matter of not creating a problem in the first place, and not not seeing a problem, but mm-hmm. but seeing that everything that comes to us is either an expression of love, in which case it's our job to love back, or it's a call for love, in which case it's our job to love back. It's the same response. Probably one of the most interesting lines in the course is the first part of chapter twenty-one just a three-word sentence to start, but I'll I'll quote part of that paragraph. Projection makes perception. That's really important. That sentence appears twice. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you make it. And then the next word is a very important word, too. Nothing. It's nothing more than that. It's an outside picture of an inner condition. 
as a man thinketh, so does he believe. What's interesting about that line is that that's in Proverbs. And then Jesus quotes it in the Gospels. And then it shows up a third time in the Course in Miracles. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's another way of, of saying the same thing, right? So it's a matter of what are we projecting? What are we seeing? One of the most important concepts in the Course has to do with choosing. This is a major emphasis for Dr. Ken Wapnick. Everything is a matter of choice. You know, we're in a situation uh, right now in our country where <laughs> we have a lot of choosing to do in terms of how we see what's going on and whether we're going to get involved in arguing and attacking and blaming and projection or whether we can be able to come at anything that comes our way with love in our hearts. I had the interesting experience back in the 80s. I was um, I taught college-level classes inside Sing Sing Prison and also inside Bedford, which is the maximum security prison for women in New York State. We teachers were not allowed to know our students' crimes. If a student told you, the student told you, and that was the student's business, but we were not to inquire after the nature of the crime. And I was so grateful that I didn't know because not knowing, I got to know these people kind of straight across, kind of eyeball to eyeball, so to speak. I met some really lovely human beings that had obviously made humongous mistakes. <laughs> you, you have to have a minimum of a three-year sentence to be in Sing Sing, for example, right? So they made some big mistakes, but that doesn't mean that there's not a loving, sweet soul that's in there that's that's looking to, to get out and to, to be free and to be able to, to give its love and to express that love in relationship to the world. So the Course is asking us to see innocence in everyone. It's asking us to see the wholeness that's in everyone so that even when the, you're looking at somebody who's screaming at you, you've got to remember that, that there's an innocent child in there somewhere. <laughs> and it's, pos it's possible to see that. It's possible to... to See, I, I can imagine that that's what Jesus did, that, by that I mean that that's the only thing he did was to look on everything with love. But what if he, what if our eyes could just, everything that we fell on, that, that we, we just loved it. That's Sometimes when people have mystical experiences, there'll be a kind of an opening up in which for some reason they just kind of fall in love with what a student of mine told them in class just recently. He was getting a haircut in a barbershop, and he walked out of the barbershop, and he saw an older woman who was walking up the street. And for some reason, he reminded him of his mom, and he just felt this most tremendous love for this person. He said he actually had to catch his breath and kind of step back and lean against the building. And, and then, then he looked up and he looked around, and he had this love for everything that he was seeing, and it came from out of nowhere. <laughs> He said he almost wanted to turn around and go back into the barbershop and tell him what had happened. Maybe he said that he realized that would be insane. Nobody would even understand what he was talking about. <laughs> 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 but that's possible for all of us, and it, and it can happen at any time. Yes. You never know what's going to spark that kind of memory. But the Course is asking us to deliberately do that. I mean, to deliberately look deep inside, and then let go of the anger. Let go of all attack thoughts. And if you even see an attack thought coming up, to do to stop. Just stop just for a moment and just try to see it another way, and you can. There's an interesting story about Bill Thedford, who was Helen's cohort in the production of the course. If you got a couple of them, I'll tell you this story real quickly. Um, after Bill retired from Columbia University, he moved to Southern California. And um, he got really relaxed in terms of the way he'd, he'd been formal with a suit on and everything. Now he started wearing blue jeans. And if you ask him during the last days of his life what he was doing, he would say he was practicing forgiveness. A very interesting thing happened the day before he died. Judy Whitson, who's the publisher of the course, was going to have a 4th of July party. He died on the 4th of July. So on the 3rd of July, he came up to Tiburon, California, 
to be there for the fourth. And Judy said he started dancing around the living room, clicking his fingers and saying, I feel so free. I feel so whole. All my relationships feel so completely healed and whole. Can you imagine doing that the day before you die? (laughs) He went out with a friend for dinner that night, and he told his friend at dinner, he says, I'm cleaned out. I'm done. I'm finished. Can you imagine? Not even knowing. (laughs) I love it. Wow. So no. Mm-hmm. And so. then the next day, he went for a walk, and he died instantaneously. The do- a doctor, there are no accidents, right? A doctor was standing in his yard cutting his hedges when he saw Bill start for his walk. He said Bill just went straight down. He didn't even grab for his heart. He just went straight down. He was out of his body, just like that. As the Indians would say, he died a, a very good death, uh, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah it, I love the story of Emoto, you know, that taught us that the power of words could change the crystallization of water. And oh, uh-huh. did, did you know him or meet him? No, never did. Oh, oh, amazing man. And he impacted so many people. And he he taught us how with our water bottles to put positive words on it and but ultimately, the whole point were, you know, was about how impactful our words were. Mm-hmm. And he came here uh, to St. Petersburg one time, and we oh, all went to the ocean, and we prayed into the water, only positive thoughts. And he proved it um, scientifically, mm-hmm. how there was anger, how it would change the fluid in our bodies, how it would change the water that, you know, we were near and so he he did a lot of things. But anyway, um, his last words would be one word. Um, it would be abrogado, which meant thank you. Right. When he died. How powerful is that, right? Thank you. Uh, it's right. been a great ride. Thank you. Well, tell us about your other book, because it's um, it's in line to become a bestseller, too. At least that's a divine affirmation for you there. <laughs> Well, it's called, it's called Eternal Life and A Course in Miracles. Uh, the Course says, well, in essence, that's the only life there is. Um, all of our life is eternal. But mm-hmm. certainly that doesn't look that way in terms of the body. It says uh, the body, the body, first of all, is the ego's chosen home. And then the, you'll come across these shocking lines in the Course. The, by shocking, I mean you'll you'll read it and you go, What? <laughs> <laughs> so here's one. Not for a single instant does the body exist at all. You go, what? Oh, come on. What? what? Yeah, that, so yeah it, that would be a what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a what. Well, the thing is that it's ephemeral, that it's going to disappear. In case you hadn't noticed, every body disappears. After a while, they only have, so we'll be able to extend the time now a little bit longer. We're getting up into the 90s or the 100s even, you know, but they're all going to disappear because, and they completely disappear. I mean, dust, ashes, you know, there's nothing left at all because the Course in Miracles says life does not begin with the birth of a body. Life does not end with the death of a body. Uh, life is, is a continuum. You know, it, it, it doesn't begin with birth. It doesn't end with a, it's always there. It's always been there. And that's a part of what we need to, to remember again is that it, it always is there. And the more alive you are, the, the Course defines God as life, right? Of course, it also says God is love. Every religion in the world says that, that God is love. So God is love and God is life. And therefore, you could say the more alive you are, the more in love you are, the more in love you are, the more alive you are, the more excited you are, the more creative you are, the more you get to enjoy this life process. And then you're just, you're happy just to be alive, regardless of what's going on, I might say, regardless of the the external circumstances. You can be sitting in a Mercedes and be absolutely miserable. You can be sitting in a jail cell and be just fine if your mind's in the right place, as you know. So, so what was the turning point for you? Um, John, because you've somewhat dedicated your entire life to the Course in Miracles. I mean, right. to you, is it, is it really the 
the one size fits all? Well, it, it, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to be different for everyone in terms of how we come to it. But the application process will be the same, even though the circumstances will be different. There's a line in the courts where it says that the process is highly individualized. Um, Carl Jung talked about the process of individualization. It's because we've each got to go through different kinds of trials and tribulations and different kinds of learnings and different geographies and different circumstances that we're going to go through. So the lessons will be different. But in essence, the lessons are all really the same for us. So I wouldn't say that there was a turning, but there was one major event um, which happened when I was 33. I got the course in 19... Uh, well, first in, in 1975. It was published on June 22, 1976. I had a death experience in July of 76, so which we don't have enough time to go into to talking about the circumstances which was surrounded that. Just suffice it to say that I had this this experience, which I was absolutely convinced that I had died. And by the way, it was it was pretty terrifying. By terrifying, I mean it was really the ego's encounter with death. When the ego encounters death, it's scary because it looks like it's a goner. And it is, but the other side is like breaking open an egg. You know, it's like when you get to the other side, once you're broke, once it's, then the light comes on, and <laughs> we can't see within the context of the the ego. We can only see when that dark dark shadow has no longer crossed our vision, and then we get literally the vision of God, literally the vision of Christ. So you can really, really see what's always been there and always will be there. It's just a matter of our seeing. Again, I like the fact that you call your program Seeing and Being, right? Yeah. It's uh, the essential elements of, of being intentional, you know, that right. that's for sure. But I really admire your dedication, and you feel about the Course of Miracles like I, I feel about unity and science of mind is that um, every time I read it, you know, every time I pick up one of the books or the magazine, the Daily Word or Science of Mind magazine, I, I'm, I'm in a different place. And so a lot of the things I go, wow, did I read that before? You know, I'm so fascinated by that today. And mm-hmm. there's always this continuing, uh, this deepening. Um, right. It's just a, a really powerful thing, and one of our listeners, um, Liz, is saying, you know, thank goodness for the course. It really taught me. It was the first to teach me that I choose love or fear. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, and that's so. That was so powerful. It made me. It made me cough. Um, <laughs> but that was the. That was one of the driving things in the very beginning. You know, do you choose love or, or do you choose fear? And very mm-hmm. time for, you know, where we are now um, and how we are holding the world and our our U.S. and all the various waking up that's going on around us. Right. It's really important for us to come from that, as you said before, as a place of that we are choosing love. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you today. I knew that, you know, with you being a miracle guy and and us holding that space that our time would go really, really quickly. Oh, yeah. Yes, I. Um, but I just really um, admire you, and I, I'm very grateful for your work and reminding everyone to go to miraclesmagazine.org. You can learn more about John's work and what he's doing. And I want to appreciate all of you that have joined us today live on Facebook. It's been a pleasure having you, and thank you for your support with the show. If you like the topics that we're having, I'm always open to the kind of guests that uh, you would like to see us have. Um, We have uh, my beloved friend Rick Finbo coming on pretty soon. He's a a well-known medium, a psychic. And so we have lots in the future for you. If you have another interest of some kind, Uh, please be sure and let me know or drop me a line on Facebook or on the website, templehaze.com. Please join us also at firstunity.org to find out about other tools 
and modalities of teaching that we offer for the mind, body, and spirit. John, thank you so much for for being here and being you and and keep up the good work. Keep living the miracles that we get to hear about when we talk to you. You're welcome, Temple. God bless you. It's an amazing journey. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? When your world goes topsy-turvy and turmoil threatens, try this exercise. Think about tranquility. Let the screen of your mind reflect whatever the word tranquility may bring. Perhaps you'll see a majestic snow-covered mountain peak, perhaps a clear still lake or a sparkling stream. Enjoy whatever image comes. It's your thought. Now let yourself find the place of complete stillness deep within you. Here you are poised, serene, and peaceful. The poet T.S. Eliot wrote, At the still point, there the dance is. The dance of life continually shifts its rhythm and form in its attempt to carry you beyond limited ideas of who you are. Enter into the still point of your being. There, regardless of what may surround you, you will find peace. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio.
benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If I were brave, I'd walk the razor's edge Where fools and dreamers dare to tread And never lose faith How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? This Christmas, recall the childlike joy of the holidays with The Wonder of Christmas, a new Advent booklet from Unity. Request or download your free booklet today at unity.org slash UOR Advent. The Wonder of Christmas supports your Advent journey with inspirational messages, scripture, uplifting stories, beautiful poems, and more. Download or request your free copy today at unity.org slash UOR Advent. That's unity.org slash UOR Advent. But hurry, Advent begins November 27th. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is... It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go 
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs>